chance after chance until God says, no more chances, I'm cutting you off. He says, in Proverbs, look in the Bible to Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 10, and we'll focus on this theme, and then we'll, we'll quit here. We're going to focus on this, and then we'll quit. We're going to drill, drill down on this, and we'll stop. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 10. See, God has to cut it off of us, cut the foolishness out of us, because like, it is like a hand. It is like cutting off the foot. We need to go through these things to get the foolishness out of us. He says, a rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. This speaks to a person's mindset. If your mindset is on holiness and purity in your inner life, like we saw in James 3.16 and like God wants it to be, if your mind is set on being a part of God's family, then this rebuke is going to go into you. It's going to penetrate into you because the Bible says, that the fear of the Lord is the, is, the depart, is, is, the hate, is the beginning of wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. So if you and my mindset is to depart from evil and join God's family, then some, when somebody corrects you, then what's going to happen? That rebuke is going to go into you. It's going to be working on you. It's going to, be, you're going to, it's going to start changing you. It's going to start grating on your mind. Lord, and the first thing you're going to do when somebody corrects you is not going to be to fault find with them or to <clears throat> try to get out of it. And Well, such and such said this to me, so I'm just going to leave the church, or I'm not going to, you know, that's not going to be your first response. Your first response is going to be to think and pray, Lord, is this person right? Is what they're saying true about me? And if it's true about me, Lord, then Give me victory over this sin that they're talking about. You see, your habits are going to change. Your decisions are going to change. Your, what you, how you spend, when, when you receive Christian, how you spend your money is going to change. What you're going to watch is going to change. Where you go is going to change. Who you hang around is going to change. What you eat is going to change. Everything about you is going to change when you have a, mind, when you have a mindset that says, I'm going in the way of holiness. Everything. You can receive the rebuke and then immediately start beginning to make changes in your life. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs, Psalm 119, I will hasten and will not delay to obey your commands. Folks say, oh, it takes time, it takes time, it takes time, all the time. Yes, true, change does take time. But you could be well on your way to making change. There are certain things that you can do quickly. You can start making changes immediately. Long term, yes, it's going to take, change, take time to make change permanent. But when you hear the correction, you can immediately begin the process of, of making it right. The Lord, the Lord shows you there's this man that you haven't, you haven't forgiven your father for the abuse, the abandonment, neglect. You haven't forgiven that man, that man who molested you or raped you. You haven't forgiven that person who robbed you or uh, who lied on you. You haven't forgiven that person. You don't need to take forever to go about doing that. No. 
that's a change that you can make immediately. Lord, give me the power to forgive this person. Lord, give me the power to do this. Give me the power to make it right. So when you have a mind, it goes, when you have a mindset that says, I want to be holy, then the rebuke is going to go down into you. It's going to start working on you. You're going to feel some sorrow. You see, that's the Bible says, godly sorrow produces repentance. You're going to start being sorry for your sin. And see, and this is how you know people who are truly saved and people who are not. People who are truly saved are sorry for their sin. It's not a bow your head and raise your hand type thing, you know, oh, you know, confess the sinner's prayer and all this kind of stuff. None of that stuff is in the Bible. Bow your head and raise your hands is not in the Bible. Say the sinner's prayer is not in the Bible. None of that is in the Bible. Salvation begins, salvation from sin begins with repentance, a sincere repentance. And what does that look like? Write down, write this down. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. Write this down. Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. How do you know if you're really saved? How do you know if you're somebody who truly belongs to God's family or not? How do you know that you're even on the way? Acts chapter 2 tells us this. Now, Peter just got finished preaching the word. He preached a message of repentance. He said, you killed the altar of life. You killed Christ Jesus. You, you had a hand. You, were, you ignored all the warnings over all these thousands of years of receiving and hearing the law of God. You rejected the author, the one who gave the law. You rejected them, and he rebuked them. He rebuked them sternly. He preached hard against what they did. He says, you killed the Holy One. You killed the author of life. He rebuked them. And what was their response to that rebuke? Verse 37. And when they heard this, they were cut. They were cut to the heart. They were cut and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? What do I do to fix this? What do I do? What do I do? When you're cut to the heart, you cry out. What do I do? What do I do, Lord, to make it better? How do I make it right? You see, that's how you know that the word of God is working. That's how you know you're on the path to holiness. That you're, that you're receiving the discipline is when God corrects you. You say, Lord, what can I do to make it right? You're cut in your heart. There's conviction. There's pain. There's grief. There's guilt. There's sorrow. All of that is working. That godly sorrow is working, producing repentance in you and me, which leads to holiness, the Bible says. You see, all of that is at work. And for the majority of people who say that they're saved, who say that they're Christian, that is not what happens in their life. It, it can't be. It can't be because you, there's too much mess. There's too much going on out here, too much immorality, 
too much divorce. The divorce rate is 50% among Christians. That's one out of every two marriages failing. Somebody's not repenting. It's not working. It's not working. The word of God is not working in their hearts, bringing grief, bringing sorrow. They were cut to the heart, and they said, brothers, what shall we do? What shall we do to be saved? What shall we do to make this thing right? And when somebody, and when God sends somebody your path, or when he shows you something in the scriptures, or when he puts you in a situation and, and you're being beat on by the word of God, you're being beat on by that brother or sister who's rebuking you, and if that word is cutting in your heart and you're being convinced of your sin and you're crying out, that's how you know you're on the way to holiness. And that's how you know you're a part of God's people. Write this down. Don't turn there. In your Bibles, write down Ezekiel chapter 9. In Ezekiel chapter 9, God is, just, God is bringing judgment on the children of Israel. Don't, don't turn there. Just write it down. Ezekiel chapter 9, the Lord is bringing judgment on the children of Israel. And God says, he says, begin at my sanctuary. You see all of the women are worshiping other gods. The men are worshiping other gods. The leaders are in the temple, the house of God, worshiping other gods, right? And so what does God do? God summons a destroyer, an angel. He says, destroy Jerusalem, slay up and down. He says, but to the people who are mourning, the people who are crying about the sin that's going on in the city, the people who are full of grief over what is happening, what is going on around them, the people who are sad about it, the people who grieve their sin, who are sorry about what they're doing, who feel remorse, who feel pain, who feel guilt, put a mark on them. He says, put a mark on them. Are you marked? Do you and me have the mark of God? He says, put a mark on them. Destroy everybody else. But the ones who have the mark, spare them. The mark of holiness is that you grieve over sin. None of us are perfect. None of us. None of us are perfect. None of us are there. All of our thoughts testify against us, make us guilty. All of our thoughts, everything, all of our thoughts. If somebody were to say you're, you're guilty, your brain would probably just jump out of your head and say, you lying. You are lying. If I were to say I'm perfect, I'd be on my way to hell. I know I'm not perfect. None of us are. But the point is, is that you and I are striving that every time God brings sin our way to, tell, to inform us of our sin, we are repentant of it. We are remorseful about it. We don't get arrogant and, 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 and rebellious about it and say, well, Lord, this ain't true of me. As I tell when somebody, God's bringing somebody to your path and say, you know, brother, you got to stop doing this. Well, it ain't. Look at what you're doing. Or when God puts you in a situation, you're trying to get out of it. No, that's not how we respond. We let the word of God cut. We let it cut us. We let it cut us open and bleed us dry of our selfishness and selfish ambition. We, we let it work on us and change our hearts. This is why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians in chapter 3 that we are transformed into the image of his son. Daily transformation into the image of Jesus Christ, Yeshua our Lord, that when he shows us something in the word or he shows us something from a brother and we're remorseful and we feel guilty and we're sorry about it, that when we humble ourselves and admit to it, then the Holy Spirit works. 
he begins to transform us into the likeness of Christ. He says, you know what, because you admitted that you were wrong and because you admitted that your speech was messed up, you, when I showed you, because you, you admitted that, that fornicating and having sex with your boyfriends and girlfriends is wrong, because you admitted to watching that, watching that porn and watching those TV shows and uh, listening to that music is wrong, because you confessed that you were bitter against that brother and sister and you looked at Christ's life and saw that he didn't live like that and you were falling short of that standard, because you admitted to that, I'm going to transform you. I'm going to take those unchristlike behaviors and I'm going to make you Christ-like. I'm going to take those sinful behaviors and I'm going to make them holy. I'm going to take your mind, your sinful mind, and I'm going to give you the total package. <laughs> the mind of Jesus Christ, our Lord. <clears throat> the mind that is pure, James 3.16, pure, holy, peaceable, gentle, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality, without hypocrisy. I'm going to give you that mind in exchange for your mind. So they were cut to the heart. And then they said, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then what does the Bible say about them, about that group? So those who received his word were baptized, and, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Those were the true people of God. You see, they were truly born again. They were on their way to holiness. They let the word of God cut in their hearts. Now you have another group of people who also say, that they also belong to God. People who knew the Bible, people who could memorize the Bible and quote the scriptures backward and forth, could quote whole books, who, who had, a, the Bible says in Matthew 23, who had a great reputation with outsiders, who had, uh, who, who um, <clears throat> excuse me, whose outward appearance was beautiful, the Pharisees, right? Their doctrines, the Bible says in Matthew 23, Jesus says, everything they tell you to do, you can do it. He says, on the outward, you're beautiful. You have a great reputation with outsiders. You're willing to travel all over land and sea to win a convert. You're evangelical. You, you'll go out and witness to people. He says, but you're children of hell. How do you have people whose doctrines are right, who have a good reputation with outsiders, who, who look good on the outside? Christ called them children of hell. And why is that? Because... When they received the rebuke, what did they do? The Bible says, and this is, uh, look in Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 5 and verse 27. <clears throat> Acts chapter 5 and verse, beginning at verse 27. Acts chapter 5 and verse 27. He says, now this is after they had already, this is after they had locked them up once. And the angel of God had broke them out of prison, and they were back in the temple preaching the gospel. So they captured them, they arrested them again and set them before the council. Now listen to this rebuke that Peter gives. He says, and when they, brought, they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name, Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Yeshua, whom you killed 
by hanging him on a tree. Listen to the rebuke. Whom you killed by hanging him on a tree, God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Now look at their results. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and wanted to kill them. You see the difference? You see the difference between people who are on the path to holiness and those who aren't? People who are on the path to holiness, to joining God's family, when they're rebuked, what do they do? Lord, save us. What do we do? What do we do to make it right? How do I fix it, Lord? How do I correct my behavior? How do I stop doing the thing that displeases you? People who are not but say that they belong to God, which is what the Pharisees did. They said they belong to God. They're the chosen people. They can quote the scriptures back and forth. They have, they're they in the, the position. They're preachers and teachers and this and that, leaders in the religious, of their religious sect, people who claim to be from God. But what did they do? They took counsel to kill them when they were rebuked. You see, that's the clearest sign that you're not a child of God. If when you receive correction from God, receive correction sent by God, because that's who these apostles were. Apostle means sent one. God sent them to you, to them, at that moment, to hear the rebuke. And what did they do? Instead of listening, instead of saying, you know what, you're right, we killed them. Let's repent. They said, no, we're going to destroy you instead. <laughs> We're going to destroy you instead. The clearest indication that you are not a child of God is that you cannot hear rebuke and correction. Remember that all your life. Remember that all your life. All your life. Because that's all God is going to do for you and me. That's the number one thing. God can't do nothing. Listen to me carefully. God cannot do anything for you if you will not hear correction. He will not. Because Revelation chapter 3 tells you and me, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Be earnest and repent. If you won't receive it, then you're rejecting God as your father. That's what you and me are doing. And when you reject him as your father, you're rejecting holiness. And when you reject holiness, you're rejecting salvation and eternal life. Without holiness, none of us shall see God. None of us. Discipline, rebuke, and correction are the keys to entering into God's family forever. And you and I have to be willing to submit to the pain of that. That's what Christ did, and that's what you and I are going to have to do. The Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. The mind that he had is the mind that we're to have too. Receive the rebuke. Receive the correction. Join God's family. You and me together. We need each other. See, we underestimate our need for each other. When my wife lives holy and makes holy decisions, that inspires me to live holy. When Pastor Freeman is living holy and making holy choices and separating himself, that gives me the courage, further courage. What? to separate myself. You see, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had a Daniel. 
They had a Daniel to stand up and say, no, we're not defiling ourselves. And then what happened? They got bold too. That gave them courage. One stood up. Okay, we're going to stand with him. You see, that's why we have a body. That's what the church is. It's a body of believers.